City Councilor Jamal Myers doesn't like the idea of spending more money on police, doesn't like the idea of taking a scenario in which the police are funded more, but just for cops, just for patrols. So is it about the dollars themselves or is it about how to allocate them? He joined us on Toronto Today to give us his thoughts. Seven councillors signing the letter yesterday. Um, what's what, what was sort of the genesis of getting together and saying, let's make a statement here about this, that we're not sure that the money's going to the right place? I mean, this was really a collaborative approach on behalf of my colleagues. Um, and I think it's really the genesis was we understand the issue of community safety and people not feeling safe in their communities. And as new councillors, we've all run on making sure that Toronto is safe for everyone. But we also understand that simply hiring more police officers is a reactive reaction to, you know, what many people perceive as to be increasingly unsafe communities. And we're all committed to making those investments uh, that really in the long term show the best potential for actually lowering crime. And I think that's what we really want. And that was really the genesis for this letter. I think I think there's a there's a hybrid way out of this. And Jamal, I've mentioned before when when police get a call, a 911 call, um, I don't want a SWAT team showing up for a a simple call. um, But I also we also can't send somebody and I'm not saying you're saying it. We can't send somebody with a clipboard that's simply a mental health worker, but we can do both. We can try to hybrid somebody that's going to protect the public um, and, and maybe get somebody out of a dangerous situation. We can also have a mental health professional there. We've had terrible stories of people on apartment balconies who've either slipped or jumped or we've just had terrible stories and we've got to find a way to minimize those stories. So, but I, I look at the spending and I see, I just feel like we've got a, a leaky boat right now. And I think we have to plug the dam before we do anything else. Can I make that case? Well, yes and no. So, you know, right now, unfortunately, if you call 911 and it's a priority call, so, you know, example, someone's been shot, it can take up to 20 minutes. You know, there have been stories of it taking that long. Not all cases, certainly, but there have been instances of taking that long. And all of my colleagues agreed, you know, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this budget does do something in terms of hiring more 911 operators. And I think it also hires about 167 uh, 911 officers who will be responding to um, 911 calls. However, it's not actually doing anything to reduce the total number of calls. And I think that's what we're really getting at. So, you know, you brought up the example of, you know, you call 911 and um, you don't necessarily want a SWAT team. So many calls to 911 can actually be handled by non-police responses. And I think that's what me and my colleagues are really trying to get at. How many of those calls can actually be handled by non-police responses so that we can actually have officers focusing on, you know, crime that only they are equipped to handle? So, you know, shootings, mm-hmm. car, those serious crimes of those natures rather than noise complaints. And to be fair to the police, you know, oftentimes, you know, you hear this argument, well, can we have a non-police uh, response? Oftentimes, it's only the police that are, you know, there to respond. So it's really incumbent upon us as a council to sort of say, okay, let's start having that discussion of what that general non-police response looks like and how do we work with the police 
and the community in order to get there, which I think would be in everyone's interest because I think the police do want to spend their time focusing on work that only they can do. And you, I think that's how many people see the police in our, in our city. Did you, do you look and say it's the wrong amount of money to be spending or you just want to see it allocated differently? It's not the amount of money. Like there is a need for to make sure that when someone calls 911, that a response is sent quickly. So nobody's arguing. Well, I'm certainly not arguing with that. But what I'm arguing is that we need to go deeper. This is a very reactive solution to what's happening there. We're not. So, for example, the, mm. of the $48 million, I believe only $2 million of that is going to be allocated to anti-violence programming, which actually goes to address the roots of violence and build on existing programs of support for youth and families, including through, through things such as employment. So you can really see the dichotomy of, you know, we're investing $46 million in hiring or $46 million in hiring police, but only $2 million in actually preventing crime. And the evidence is overwhelming. It's been clear. It's been consistent. If you invest in crime prevention, that has a much greater effect in actually lowering the crime rate uh, than simply hiring police officers. And, you know, we've had some very uh, good success in terms of having non-police responses um, to calls that are typically handled by 911. So I'm thinking specifically the Toronto Community Crisis Service. So this is a this is uh, who you would call in response to those individuals having mental health crises. Uh, this pilot has been rolled out throughout the city. Um, you know, one of these pilots are actually in my ward, of 20, Ward 23, Scarborough North, tied right. community health. Uh, and this program has shown very, very promising results. I think mm. only 5% of the calls that this, uh, the Toronto Community uh, Crisis Centre hand, has handled actually result in them having to call police officers. So, you know, imagine if all of these calls, you know, in the past were being handled by a police officer. Now we're freeing up police officers to actually do police work, which is, I think, what everybody wants. So it would be better if we saw investments in the budget, so for example, expanding TCCS to cover all of the city. Right now, it only covers sixty percent. Yeah, and I think strangely, Toronto's. I've had people describe this to me. Um, it's a victim of geography in a way with how it's it's spread out, and it's not even New York City's a bigger city and it's a more dense city, but it's actually easier with its boroughs to get from point A to B if there's a, an important distress call in a hurry. And I'd say you in Scarborough, and you grew up in Scarborough as well. You're on almost the easternmost border, whereas if I'm in Durham Region, I, I've got like cops are closer to where I am, which I think we'd all agree is meant to be a good thing. You're you're on that eastern border. I wonder if your constituents just say the response times are just no good. We're we're a victim of geography here. So my constituents, so I think really the response times are something that's happening in the downtown um, because of the 162 officers that are the response officers, 25 of those are going to be specifically deployed to the downtown area. What my constituents say is they would like to see, you know, police patrols to be doing, you know, to feel, to have that sense of safety, to have a visible police presence. And I've heard this all over the um all over the all over the ward when I was doing sort of my canvassing, but I should point out of the 200 uniform officers that are going to be uh, employed, 
only 16 are going to be neighborhood neighborhood community officers. So those are the officers that my constituents are talking about, the officers that they would see, that they would interact with. And that's 16 for all of Toronto. This really isn't going to make a difference. So if we're really serious about having this conversation about really reducing crime, we got to get to the root causes. And unfortunately, I haven't seen the full budget, but unfortunately, uh, I haven't seen that yet. I got a minute here. Um, so many people have pointed out the federal government and and issues of bail and parole. Um, is this a factor in what we deal with here in Toronto? Well, I don't have the numbers to um, justify that. You know, there's always this notion that, you know, people on bail are committing crime. And, you know, I don't doubt that there that is true to some extent. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to understand getting bail is quite difficult and bail conditions are quite onerous. Um, and we simply don't have the resources to jail everyone who has been charged. We don't have the like we don't have the physical capacity. We don't have the, the prison guards to actually house that. So I think we have to be sort of realistic in these trade-offs. Um, and if, of course, you know, this is something that's always a concern, especially when you know these high-profile incidents happen of uh, people committing crimes on bail. But I don't think this is really the root causes. Of that sense of uh, feeling mm -hmm. unsafe, so many people in the community feel. Jamal, I got it. Thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate you coming on. You're always welcome uh, on our show. I appreciate uh, you making the time for our listeners. Thank you so much, Greg. Have a great day. You bet. Jamal Myers uh, joining us on uh, Toronto Today from uh, Ward 23.